0: Like, it's funny, in, in recovery, it's clear that you have to take action to change the thinking, yeah? That's the way it goes. You can't think yourself out of the thinking process, so that's what we were doing, we're mulling everything over and thinking about how, why is it like this and this and that, and it's just get into action. And we finally got into action, and that action has so much more effect on the thought system than a thought would, yeah? Yeah? yet there's that level of action is valuable, but it's not the only level of action. The level of action is not the only level. There's other uh, after there's after that that uh, acting yourself out of the thought system to realize that you're not the thought system can be of grace yeah it's to me it's you can you can't use doing to get out of that, yeah. You can't use doing to get out of self. Because the sense of being a doer is an aspect of self. Yeah. That's how self has a story. That it is the self is that it claims the doing. Yeah. So while you, if you were attempting to get out of self, as a self, you're never going to succeed, are you? It's impossible. Because wherever you got to, there you'd be. And you would be the living Quote unquote problem, like it says in recovery, it doesn't say we're people who have problems, it says we are the problem. It's very different than people who have problems. We are the problem. How can you be the problem? It must be through identification as, yeah? If if it was anything other than identification as, it would be we are people who have a problem, yeah because there would be a distinction between the problem and us yeah but if it's identification as if the if the mind is taking itself to be it's to be what it's entertaining this feeling of being a me yeah which is just an identified you actually but it's much more different it's much different than a you it's an identified you called me yeah but if we if if it was an identification as that me, then it would be hey, the separate independent entity called Paul, which is inherently okay, would be beset with problems that could be dealt with probably through action. Yeah, but the action is just clear up the space for something to occur, which is to see the root of the problem. Yeah, and you can't see the root of the problem if you're seeing f- from the root of the problem. So the problem, if we are the problem, then it's identification as. And the good news is, you're not that. So if you are the problem, then it would be a hopeless state of mind and body, wouldn't it be? If I'm the problem, how am I ever going to get out of the problem except by killing myself? And that's not a a good way of getting out of it, I imagine, yeah? Which a lot of people do, I know. In AA, over the years, I've heard that they don't drink again, but they kill themselves. Because they... The problem is still active and they want to get out of it, but they take themselves to you know. So first it's like for me, my mental life was about denying a lot of stuff I fervently believed in. Like I'm a loser, I'm not worthy of love, I'm a fraud, yes, nothing really good could happen to me because I'm inherently bad. These all these ideas were like beliefs in my little Catacomb up there, yeah. So my mind's idea was to try to deny them, mental denial, which doesn't work because what you resist persists in a sense. So I was trying to resist that I was all those things, and therefore I was living like I was all those things. So AA has taught me another way. What would happen if I admitted to my innermost self that I'm truly an alcoholic, and and that's a big umbrella because a lot of the old ideas and beliefs are are located under that umbrella of alcoholism. Maybe if I... What would happen if I would finally admit to my innermost self? Now, I never even entertained that. That's what happened to me through grace. It wasn't like a, a catastrophic event that set something off. It was a regular day at the office when... Somehow something came in and it stopped my mind long enough for some new germs, some new seeds to be planted, and they germinated into me and going to my first meeting the next day. And And I had no intention of changing the course of my life, sitting in a trailer park just drinking Royal Gate vodka. I did not think, I had no thought of, I should go into a rehab, none whatsoever. That was, I had already, I had been in a program for three months before. That was over. I was hunkering down in my destiny. I just didn't want to, I wanted to stay as high as I could until the next, you know, visit to institution jails or the last visit to death, yeah That was it. Suddenly, something happened, and I, there was no nothing I did to promote it because I had no fucking clue, really. I can't entertain what I haven't entertained. <laughs> I need an invitation to entertain a possibility. So, something downloaded in me that started, that set off a train of circumstances that brought me into recovery. I felt it like it's grace. And even now, I feel more that it was grace. Because I tell you the truth, it was a regular day at the office. I wasn't thinking about a change in my life. All I wanted to do was get high. So, something came in there. But in that, as soon as that energy came in, in the next couple of days, there was an admittance to the, my innermost self. The gig was up, you know. I'm fucked. I mean, literally fucked. And as soon as I admitted that I was fucked, as soon as I admitted how hopeless I was, I felt hope finally, yeah. All the while, I was denying my hopelessness. I was in, totally immersed in it, in the hopelessness. Every behavior, every act... You could see the hopelessness in it. Every time I put another needle in my arm, there was like a, a hopelessness in it. Like, this is going to save me. This is, yeah, it was over. It was a done deal. But then I went to a recovery meeting and I got the first thing I got was hope there and it allowed me to feel that now night how hopeless I was. Yeah? Because there was a way out. So I admitted to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic. Then... After the years of being an AA, then this message came away, came to me, and then so here I am trying to deny what I was. Then I finally start accepting what I am, and in the acceptance of what I am, I truly find out I'm not that. Yes, I am not a fraud, nor am I the opposite of that. I'm just not that. Yeah, and so that denial, which is more like a, I used the term spiritual denial, works. Because it's a denial based on on uh, clarity, yeah. It's not a way of it's not a it's not a solution coming from a failed system reliance on self. It's actually seeing, yeah. Now I've allowed all the shit I've been trying to deny and push off me to land, and by it letting by my by it being able to land, I realized I'm not that. Well, my whole life was about trying not to be that, which made me look like exactly what I didn't want to be all freaking day, yeah? So there was like the mental denial is a, is a solution to what was unbearable. It's unbearable when somebody, uh, someone you respect a lot tells a woman that used to go out with you, this master, Tai Chi master, that Paul's just a user, you know? That's what he does with people. He just uses them up. That, would, that hurt me terribly. Now, that I felt was true, but I never wanted to feel it, yeah? Yet, it was always lurking in there. And all these ideas that were conveniently being avoided or covered up by my activities, you know, my drug and alcohol use, started to come to the surface when I got recovered. And there was no way you could men- mentally deny them anymore. They were freaking obvious in your inventory process. All of that that I didn't want to be, I saw myself to be, and then I'm not that. That works. That works. Yeah. And how do I know it works? Because there's been a radical relief that's become long-lasting. You don't know the problem except from the solution. That's when you really know the problem, is when you've been relieved of it. When you've been relieved of it, and then you see it. And a lot of the stuff I share about here is basically coming from seeing that. I had no idea that the, the, the real bonding agent was the my in front of everything. I had no fucking idea. I took the thoughts in my head to be mine, I took this body to be mine, I took my money to be mine, I took my drugs to be mine, I took your drugs to be mine, everything was my, 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 I had no understanding whatsoever. I could have read it 80, times in books, it wouldn't have broken through, yeah? But when something shifted, that was one of the first things I noticed, Jesus Christ, Instead of obsession with self, it's identification as self. That's the only way it can seem that I can seem to be the problem. To, I, when I was obsessed with coke and I was extremely obsessed with cocaine, I never became coke. Yeah. When people said, "Hey, man, you have a problem with coke," that's that's how they saw it. Yeah. But this book is saying, "No, you don't have a problem with drugs. You are the problem." Oh fuck! How could that be? <laughs> that's not good news really if you hear that you're the problem except if there's a possibility you're not that and in the book it says it very clearly alright, being convinced that self manifested in all these different ways is what has defeated us, so it separates the two yeah How self as if it's something other than me through all of these ways it manifests Defeats me. It's not saying I'm self. Yeah. But when you're identified as self, you're taking yourself to be self. And if you ask everyone in this room who's been in uh, the rooms of recovery, and you ask them what self defeated them, they'd all have the same answer: my self, my self, not self, myself. Yeah? So the act of being identified, the act of claiming something. And we have claimed the idea of being Paul to such an extreme, it's not a possession, we've taken ourselves to be it. Yeah? That's all, that is so far more advanced than an obsession, when the obsession goes so far that you actually take yourself to be what you're obsessed over. <laughs> so now, while you're obsessing over self, you feel like a self that's obsessing over self. And now the self wants to get relief from the obsession with self, but how can the problem get relief from the problem? As the problem. It's failed right from the get-go. All we're doing is to try to make it a little nicer for ourselves. And it works. If you behave a certain way and some grace shows up and you don't have the desire to drink anymore, your life's going to get better in a lot of ways. But there's still the activity of the bondage of self may be freaking blazing right away, all the time. I see it because when someone shares some of the being at the effect of the manifestations of self, they usually call them theirs. They say they're my resentments, my fears, my this, my that. That's, That's the problem talking about the solution. Actually, it's the problem talking about the problem. That's not a solution. In other words, you're reinvigorating the problem while you're discussing it all day. You notice there's groups that their whole intent is to get out of self, but that's all they talk about is self. All day. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I find a clear understanding or a clear diagnosis goes a long way to recovering from the real disease. If there's a misdiagnosis... You may be taking a lot of steps and a lot of medicine that are totally compatible to fight the symptoms of a cold, but you got the flu. It's going to be defeated. They have common symptoms, but they're not the same. Yeah. So, when I got this idea, when someone I heard about it in a group outside of AA, and my my mind ran with it. Because if I'm not that, so I went back to the book and I read that same statement I had read because I was leading fourth-step workshops. I read that statement hundreds of times on Monday nights for years. That's self-manifesting. But it didn't have the feeling like it did when something shifted inside me. Yeah, When there was a sense that I'm not that. Then when I read the word self, I saw it. The downloads were just monumentally uh, different. I saw it as a foreign installment. I saw it as a parasitical movement. I saw it as anything other than me. And as soon as my mind entertained, I'm not that, it leapt to a beautiful next step, which is I can be free of it. Instead of having my desire for freedom hijacked by it, and now I'm trying to become free as a self, I got it right in the sense I can be free from it. Not as it. I wasn't getting free as it. It was still conditional and circumstantial. I wasn't inherently free. I had to really work at it to make it to make it happen occasionally. Yeah. But this state is different. It's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. And it actually, it disputes the whole idea of trying to do and have yourself into being. It starts at the being point. And then the doing and having is more like a form of expression of the being, not an acquisition of being. You know, Not like a, an acquiring of being. Not a building of a being that you think would be cool in your little conceptual head. But actually being. yeah, Doing and having, because that's the conditional situation here. We're action figures. Yeah? We're going to do and have things here. But who's the doer? We hear these great masters supposedly said, the Lord Buddha said a beautiful statement. He says, events happen, like this would be called an event, deeds are being done so if I brought you a glass of water that would be a deed being done and it says, but there's no individual doer thereof. It's a beautiful short, concise teaching if you could just sit on that for like a while, you wouldn't believe how much is revealed in that statement so events happen, deeds are being done, but there's no individual doer thereof Hmm. there's no doer that's specifically in Ed, totally different than the Pauls and the Steves and the Mary. It's the same energy that's manifesting through every one of us. While it's manifesting, there's a story about it, and the story is self-centered, so the self becomes the primo character. So I become the doer. I become the haver. It even goes so far to believe that I'm the thinker of the thoughts. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jesus Christ... Thoughts are seen. Actually, they're heard more than seen, aren't they? And they sound like it sounds like your voice, which is just the voice out of this body. Why would you call it yours? It's just a voice out of this body. Yeah. But we're identified with the body, so whatever the body is, that's my voice, and it and it has a much more enthralling effect when it's your voice. You see, if I heard, if the thought stream was was being. Uh, Broadcast in Deb's voice, I'd have an immunity to it because I would see, hey, these aren't my thoughts. Yeah, I don't have... I, why would they provoke me to action? They're not mine. But as soon as it sounds like they're mine, I'm in a swoon. Yeah. I am. I will take a fucking crazy idea as an unbelievably great idea. I've done it many times out there. Try to run away from the police in a dead end alley. It doesn't work. You're gonna and they're gonna hurt you because they're pissed that they had to run. Yet these things would crop up all the time, and they sounded like great ideas when they came. Now, if I heard Deb's voice say that, I say, fucking officer, I'd get down." You know. <laughs> the my, the sense that these are mine. Produces a whole different reality for us. It does. So that was one of the first really big gifts because I had ample opportunities when that information downloaded. I, it, it brought back many scenes in my first year of AA when I was going to meetings and I felt, without knowing it, very terminally unique. I really did. That was the basis of my whole story, why you couldn't communicate to me, because you can't understand me yeah. Because these are my feelings and no one has the feelings I have, they're so unbelievably unique. And these thoughts, no one thinks like I do, and no one reacts to life like I have. And that—and while I wasn't, when I was just hanging out people whose whole pursuit was the same as mine, getting loaded, it seemed pretty damn good seemed to be pretty true. I come into a recovery meetings, I listen to people because that's what we do and people what do they share? They share their thoughts, their feelings and their reactions to life. And they sort of sort of sounded really familiar to my thoughts and my feelings and I could only come to two conclusions either how did they get my feelings and my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? And then I realized, Jesus Christ, we've all been taken over by the same parasite called alcoholism, and its characteristics are being called my characteristics, which produces an immunity to any fucking understanding and help from outside because I think I'm so different. Yet, there's millions of people who think quite a lot like me, and they're having feelings just like I have feelings. And they have reactions to situations just like my reactions to situations. It sort of seems like there's one basic head and there's millions of me's running around. But we all have the same basic head called alcoholism. Yeah? That, that may not sound important. It was in revelatory to me. It was revelatory because it started breaking the shell of terminal uniqueness Immediately. That whole, the basic deterrent from, like it says, contempt prior to investigation, the basic deterrent of of any ability to learn, yeah, was broken. I started to identify with the other people in the room, and then I started getting a sense of belonging, which I hadn't had in a long time. One of the first things that was ripped from me with, with alcoholism was the sense of belonging. When I was a little kid, in the pictures with my family, we all seemed like one lovely, nuclear, dynamic family. As I got into alcoholism, even, it looks like I was pasted into the pictures. And, that, and if you saw my eyes, I'd be looking at my mother like suspiciously, or my brother. Who are these fucking people? Yeah. And from that on, it never reverted back. It never. I got more and more isolated in alcoholism. And it was as if I was living with like an aquarium wall. I was observing or portraying, but I wasn't really engaged into life. The only way I could really feel life as it kept getting worse was shooting up dope like coke and getting big rushes. I had, It was sort of like applying my own electroshock because I was just shut down, totally. I mean, there's got to be something that would provoke such a reaction to life. Yeah? There had to be some power that took me over that doesn't really have the intentions of me being happy, joyous, and free. It actually uses me. It has parasitical tendencies. It doesn't have a life. It has to have an access to life through this host. Yeah. And the first thing you would do, let's say if a big bug flew in here right now, big freaking bug and landed on you, you'd have a, probably a start, a yell, and then you'd push it off immediately, wouldn't you? you go, ah, this you'd push it off and woo woo, woo and you probably move your chair whatever there would be extreme reactions to that bug yes this thing is fucking pretty hostile isn't it if you've been taken over by alcoholism and addiction it doesn't treat the host well <laughs> it really doesn't yeah and you would think that your reaction would be get off me get off me but if you're taking yourself to be the parasite you're going to you're going to be unable to entertain breaking away from it yes yeah? it will have neutered the natural response to leave a hostile situation because you're identified as the hostile situation. So what can you do? Try to get therapy, drink and use, act out, whatever. We've tried tons of methods to try to get out of self, but none of them have really been that successful. Yeah. Why, Why? in my view, is you cannot be self. It's an impossibility. Yeah? So if you try to get out of something you can't be in, that would be like being in it. The relevance, the reality of your life would be, that thing is fucking real, and I'm trying to get out of it every day, all day. And see how it worked. It didn't work that well. I was always seemingly brought back to what I was trying to get out of. Every time I came down, I'd have to fucking shoot back up, because I was back in that mental hell once again. You know, when I got out of jail, back into the mental hell. Always, always. So solutions weren't really seemingly solutions. They were all based on time. And they got shorter and shorter. Yeah? But as when I entertain a possibility, I'm not that. I can be free from it. I mean radically free from it. Yeah? The thoughts can be seen as thoughts, not yours. And I'll tell you, you'll travel a lot lighter with thoughts than my thoughts. Feelings are not facts. Their feelings, yeah. And they've been manipulated and hijacked by the selfie, yeah. There's feelings that just a stimulation, yet they verify a true hidden belief about you. Yes, that person hit me right on the head. How do you fucking know? You're not that. You just believe you're that, yeah. I've seen it with people in recovery, they're in the seat and they're actually sober. But their story is so strong that they're not going to be sober, it's as if they're not sober. The reality gets overrun by the possibility that they're going to go back out again, <laughs> because the mind's more preoccupied with that possibility than the reality that they're sober. This is what, how it rips my life away from me all day. What it gives me back is like hope, false hope, that it's going to be great when this or that happens or this or that occurs. And when I finally arrive, it's going to be really wonderful. Has it panned out? What happens when it doesn't pan out? Self-centeredness tends to blame the self. You never look at the fucking formula and see it's failed. You always blame you. Oh, if I would have only done more. If I only, like it says, the one of the main delusions of it, of the alcoholic is if I could only manage better. Even though I have tons of evidence I'm not managerial quality, it's based on because I'm not good enough. Yeah? It's all self-centered every aspect. You always get brought back to something's fatally wrong with you. The system has failed. Yeah? You can't put a you can't. Surrender your happiest joy and freedom now for a happiness, joy and freedom later. It's not a bad deal because the only real happy joy and freedom is now. Yeah, I see people in the Marin. I live in a very rich area, so some of their concerns are like their third house. You know, they're buying their third house, and you know if you're coming from some place, it seems like oh, Jesus Christ. But it doesn't matter. The circumstances don't need to match the mind. They're suffering just as much as the guy who saw his cardboard box he was going to sleep in just get run over. Yeah, It doesn't matter the situation. Mine can make mountains out of molehills. Yeah, it can do whatever it wants. Because it's given everything all the meaning it has. But a lot of times, there is so much angst about the house, but the house's basic purpose is to bring security and yeah, like peace of mind. Yet the pursuit of it is producing the exact opposite. It Just blows my mind, yeah. So you're, in a sense, right now we're willing to give up anything for a better tomorrow. <laughs> but the, the, now is now is it, yeah. This is this is what this is the account that's open to invest in with interest and attention. Not, you know. But hey, what can you say? But you'll know the problem by the solution. So I don't know what happened. I entertain these possibilities. And Ed knows me from the old days. I came out of a bad place, you know? and now I'm like a free range alcoholic, basically. I have, see, I mean, my interest and attention just goes around and enriches my life instead of just circling this idea of being Paul all fucking day. You know, Jesus Christ, it was like a claustrophobic, and you know, I used to blame all that but I was the gravitational pull. The identification as a self is what keeps the whole solar system of self-centeredness going. If you question that, and let it just maybe, just suspiciously entertain that, hey, I may not be that. I may not be the thinker of these thoughts. Or maybe at least start with, hey, these sound like alcoholic thoughts. I've heard these thoughts shared many, many times. Maybe I can name them alcoholic thoughts. As soon as... A uh, my thought becomes an alcoholic thought, what happens? A little space is formed, yeah? You feel a little relief from the thought system. Well, take it a little farther, all right? Let's say they're not even your thoughts, period. You don't have to call them alcoholic. None of the thoughts are yours. There's no you to claim anything. The claiming produces the sense of being a you. The mind is claiming activities the mental process, and and saying or inferring that there's a someone who's doing the activities. But it can never bring about the meaning of that someone. You just believe it's you, yeah? I would say we're the seeing of everything. I don't believe we're an object that the seeing's moving through. I believe we're actually what's moving through this object. I believe we're the seeing. If you want to give it the name spirit or awareness or consciousness... I would say we're more of that than this that is moving through. So if you want to call the spirit like the I, yeah, the I I, like some master would call it the I I, the eye of all eyes, the spirit. And if you want to call this you, yeah, because that's how you see me, right? Is a you, yeah. Not one day are you going to mistake this you as a me. You're never, never going to. I'm a you from this point on to every other you out there. Yeah? That's the way I'm seen. And I'll tell you, I'd rather, I'd rather go with your take on it than mine. Yeah? So here's the you, 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 and there's the I. Okay. Those two things can seemingly be verified. There is a body, Yeah. and I'm on. There is something that understands here, something that sees. There is conscious contact. I would say it's consciousness that's in contact not me but consciousness yeah but let's just say there's conscious contact so, and it seems to happen through this is the interface so I definitely sense the you and the I where does the me come from the me where does the me come from because you're not really thinking about your body all the day you're thinking about the the a body image that the me has yeah i mean people they've proven it People who with anorexia, you know, you get really super thin. They give them a, a thing to measure their biceps, and when they put it, the people put it on their biceps, they stop here. They think they're huge. Their mind's image of them, yeah, is that they got really big, flabby arms. They're like a, they're like a, a matchstick. But when they put the little thing to measure the bicep, they stop it here. They don't even get to there. You the way you see yourself changes all the fucking day with the body. Yeah, there's not this isn't stable. Some days you're looking, thinking you're looking really cool, and then you oh, you throw the fucking hat out that you thought you really looked cool in the day before. Yeah, and even photographs won't verify it for long. <laughs> 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 so I feel. This is this is my little hypothesis. And they say it in research that um, in a baby, the sense of self starts formulating at eighteen months. Yeah, and it actually coincides with the the firing of the language center. They don't know if there's any connection with those two, but they seem to grow strong at the same time in the development of a baby. Yeah. So in the earlier, that's why I think we're so attracted to young babies because. There's just the eye, yeah? Animating the you. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the you isn't, hasn't, it's nervous system hasn't developed. So they're just like that. But you look in their eyes, there's awareness. yeah. You know? I mean, I my, the lady I live with watches little, her daughter's kids. And when this one kid, Detlin, was young, he'd be sitting on the living room floor. He couldn't walk yet. He couldn't crawl. And I'd come out of my bedroom, and it would lock, it would look at me. And it would just keep looking at me, all the way until he went too far and he fell down. You know what I mean? And it was like a, such a beautiful hello in the morning because he was just on, you know, just awareness. Not like I'm no thinking. I'm looking at Paul and I'm deadland. You know what I mean? None of that. Just seeing. It was really something else. And you can see it. Like someone will bring a baby in, and then some ladies had let's say twenty thousand dollars of plastic surgery and tons of incredibly expensive clothing. And all the attention goes to the baby, not the, not the woman. She's trying hard as hell to get the attention, but the baby's not trying at all. And everyone, oh, look at that baby. <laughs> it's incredibly attractive when something's on. You know? And it doesn't need the knowledge that it's on. It's on. That's knowledge in and of itself. The other knowledge of, oh, I know him. this, that's fucking observation. That's the mind you know, to me, the conditional mind. So here's the I, and here's the you. And somewhere along the line, the me- a mental process got developed, and it it asked a very, very famous, old, traditional s- statement, Who am I? And it gave itself its answer. I'm me. Yeah? And the me is like a bastardization of the I, and wedded with the you. So now, when they're seeing it's me i think i'm seeing but i don't think it's the eye that's seeing i think it's me which is the sense of being a body yeah or having a body so the mental the mental idea of me is different than spirit and different than the body if you notice a lot of times it doesn't it hates the fucking body it seems to be in yet it keeps claiming oh this is my body but i hate this fucking body yeah so the me is sort of like a like a made up a non-existing appearance in the mind. Yeah? But it can't really have much validation of being you unless it's identified with something that seems to be you every day, which is this. Yeah? So now the me, it takes, it's here between the I and the you let's say, yet our interest and attention, it gets sucked into the me, maybe 80%. And maybe a few percentages go to the body, and probably very little go to the uh, to the eye. and I don't care if you're spiritual. You're, you're reading a lot of spiritual books. That's not the eye. That's spirituality in the mental process. Yeah. So now there's ninety percent, eighty-five, ninety percent interest going to the me, like a black hole. What's it returning? What's all that fucking self-interest returning? What happens if the quality of mind, which is one of them, is faith? What happens if you put faith into your thought system? You're going to produce anxiety, isn't it? You're going to believe the thought system. And the thought system has no real value in now. It's only a concern about the past and future. So most of your day will be consumed in thoughts about what's not happening. Literally. Yeah? And your interest and attention will be illuminating that entertaining of what's not happening. And so it will seem to be really fucking happening to you. You can't actually convince anyone else it's happening, because they're not seeing it, because their interest and attention is somewhere else. But your interest and attention illuminates it to a point where it overrides now, really. And so in that condition, you actually believe that you cannot be here, which blows my mind totally. This idea of trying to get into the moment is based on the assumption that you could possibly be out of the moment that you're in. I don't believe that's possible. You can't. There's not been one moment of Ed's life that Ed wasn't there. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> it just wouldn't, it's, it's an impossibility. But we believe in impossibility, so now we're, we're in the pursuit of getting into the moment, all based on the lie that we could be out of it. And then, on the idea of self, we're trying to get out of self all fucking day. I'm saying, there's no way you could be in self. So So, from the solutions point of view, the problem is truly imaginary. It's an appearance. Yeah? Bolstered by a lot of fucking interpretation, a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts. Yeah? About a realm called the past and the future, which most animals don't have. Yeah? Most things, most trees, I don't think, are worried, are dreaming of when they were a sapling and worried about, you know, there, there's just, we're, we, are, we have the possibility of entering a mental realm and once you enter it, it's difficult to get out of it because you're going to use the system that produces it to try to get out of it. So when you get an idea of what you think here is in the mind, the mental process, that here is just chock full of past and future. Every here, you can't really be here because it's bookended by past and future. That's not here. Here doesn't have anything other than here. So this idea of getting out of something you can't be in is why it doesn't seem to fucking work, all the forms of trying to get out of it. They may work temporarily, but they they tend not to turn into a radical's belief because you can't get out of something you're not in. That was one of the revelations I have with this this message. Jesus Christ, my whole life has been trying to get out of something I can't be in. What would happen if I stopped trying to get out of it? You realize you're not in it. (laughs) How much work does that take? Not much. How much time does it take? Not much. None, I'd say. Because it's a timeless solution. It's already so. You don't have to go to, through a process to make it become so. It's already so. All we have to do is go through process and actually more of an unbecoming process. Just sort of sort of open up to the undoing of all that we've made instead of trying to find something we're also making, the idea of Nirvana and enlightenment. They've all been made also. But to get back into the being. And maybe, maybe, the thought, instead of your attention and interest being so avidly interested in attending to the thought system of self-centeredness, maybe it will be interested and attentive to what's actually here. Yeah? And you know, the most dominant thing here is not a thing at all. It's the presence. It's the spirit. Your interest and attention, I find, has a, a, a very strong liking to that. It does. Because when it invests its interest and attention into that presence, that space, there's a great return, peace of mind. The ability to accept what you couldn't accept before. Yeah? Your value system shifts. You stop being so concerned with what's not happening for one basic reason, it's not happening. The happening is so fucking obvious that you're engaged with it, like it or not. You're engaged with it and you realize I can't be out of this place so why the hell am I trying to get in it so much? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah? And this doesn't come through an, uh, an understanding or a practice. It just it comes through grace to me. And then maybe you'll be expressed to an understanding. And maybe a practice will, will uh, improve it or amplify it. But it's not going to make something that's already so. You can't make yourself into a, a, a prior state. The state's available. I would say it's our virgin mind. Yeah? Not like the conditional mind of I be my. There are... So instead of, let's say, living in self-centeredness, because we've all had enough of that, I'd say, you start living in centeredness. It's a different story. Because in centeredness, the system isn't based on self. It's centered. And it's based sort of on everywhere. So everywhere you are, you're centered. And therefore, any journeys to get to everywhere seem ridiculous because you'd be in everywhere trying to journey to get to everywhere. You can't escape everywhere. Even though you think you're in a special somewhere, that's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. All these real personal feelings I take, you go to AA meetings around the world, I bet you you hear about over 500 people tonight speaking about those real personal feelings, just like my real personal feelings. The bondage is that drenching of personalness to it. You see it. These are attributes of one parasitical movement. It doesn't have infinite manifestations. You can recognize it by its characteristics. Once you see the pattern of self, it's like seeing the whole beast from head to toe. Something's going to distill into a vision, which is, I'm not that. I'm not... There is no one there... Because of all the pointing. The pointing to something doesn't make this make us something. There's just pointing to something. It doesn't mean it makes us something. So, like a bottle is a bottle, when I look at it, and everyone looks at it. You can change everything by saying, it's my bottle. Now what does that bottle do? What does the conscious contact with that bottle do? The mental process uses it as a pointer to the one who has the bottle. Problem, same thing yes, everything gets turned and is used like a mirror to reflect a phantom, you never see you, you see a body when you look in a mirror but another body can come another you can stand in the same mirror and you'll be obviously two you's but you'll think you're me yeah I'm not that you, I'm me and he'd be doing or she'd be doing the exact same thing I'm not a you, I'm me No, you're a fucking you. Every time I've looked, all I see is a you. I don't see a me at all. Because I'm seeing from a me. That's the only way there can be a me in my world, is I'm that. There's tons of yous, but there's only one me. One me. (laughs) (laughs) Called the bondage of self. How much... What more description do you need? Our interest and attention has been bonded to this idea of being a me. And we forgot the you and the I, for all intents and purposes. We totally forgot the I. We are engaged in the you because it's it, the mind needs it for identification, to give itself relevance. How could it tell the story that it's a doer unless it was the body? Yeah? So it needs the you. It doesn't have any interest in the I. That's why. Look at the thought system. Does it value now or does it value thoughts about there and then? What, is, what does your thought system call you to do to think? It presents you as the thinker of these thoughts. You're not the thinker. Me and you can't even shit when we want to, and yet we we subtly we claim a very subtle process of the brain called thinking, and we say we're that. When we can't even shit when we want to, are you digesting the food in you? No. There's only one process of your body that you have half. That's half involuntary, which is the breath. Everything else, everything else, there's no voluntariness in it. It's all involuntary, all of it. Yeah. The thinking also, in a sense, you're not the thinker. I would say you are the consciousness that becomes conscious of the thoughts. But as soon as the consciousness becomes conscious of the thoughts, there's a story inserted that I'm the thinker. So every thought is held with the one story. I'm the thinker of this. I'm the thinker of this. I'm the thinker of that. These are my thoughts. It's like if you go to a park and there's 30 kids playing, who are you going to be looking at? The one that's yours. Do yeah? you think you can leave, leave the park when your, your kid's there? What's the same thing? You claim the thoughts. They're yours now. They're gonna fucking follow you. Yeah. Alright, I've got to get rid of these thoughts. I can't share these thoughts with anyone. These are my bad thoughts. Let's close the door. I was looking at porno last night, and I can't let anyone know that. Can't know what, you know, these thoughts. I can't let anyone know how I think. You're not the fucking thinker of them. They're not mine. A thought is so much easier to travel with than my thoughts. Oh, my thought just connects with another thought and another thought and just spins a giant yarn of story. And they all get interwoven into a big fucking story. It's sort of like gauze going around your head, or let's say saran wrap. After 50 layers of saran wrap, you can still see, but it's pretty damn distorted. Yes, Your seeing isn't too clear anymore with 50 wrappings of saran wrap around your head. But you can still say you're seeing, but I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee your take on what's being seen. This is what it's, what it's like, yeah. So I don't know, there is a solution. I hit a point in recovery. Are you in recovery? Yeah. yeah. There's the third step, which is a very important step, yeah. So, in the beginning, you know, it says a God or a higher power of your own understanding, yeah? But very, very... Now, I'd much rather have a God of its own understanding. (laughs) Because then it reveals itself to me instead of me knowing it. Because when I know something, it's sort of a form of neutering it, yeah? It's like putting it under glass. It's very limited what that can do for me when I know it, yeah? I want it to be... Go a certain way, maybe maybe you'll get me parking spaces in front of the meeting or a date or something. Who knows? But but if I surrender that desire to know and just say, hey, I don't fucking know, you're gonna find out some incredible revelatory stuff because the, that power of its own understanding is limitless. Really. Yeah. It, it's the precursor of every event that happens in it. Yeah? it's prior to everything it's contextual, it's not content yeah. <laughs> I just love this meeting it just blows my mind because when I do the talks I can hear the silence around the notes it's really cool it's almost as if nothingness reveals itself. Yeah. It doesn't take away thingness, but it really it brings a whole nice addition, the thingness, when you can sense presence, you know, presence of nothingness. thingness yeah, I can sense presence of people, I see them, you know. I hear them, I feel them, I taste them. But no thingness you can't see, hear, feel, or taste, but you have a sense or ability to sense it, yeah. You can sense the space of places. You can sense like being large. You can sense like when you've gotten out of that claustrophobic little porno theater, and you've, let's say through an act of service, which always, always seemed to work. It always produced a sense of availability in my life. And when I felt available to someone else, I felt bigger, you know, So larger. Is, I don't know how else I can say it. You know, the space got bigger. And then I'd sense a presence of a power in that bigness. That's, that was the trick of uh, service. It, it's a pretty good way of getting out of self. What would happen though if after doing service, or while you're doing service, when you sense that presence, maybe call it you. Maybe you're the presence, not the thing that has to do service all the time to feel the presence. Maybe you are that presence. That what you're not has to do tons of shit to try to feel it. I would rather just be the presence, yeah? Which would cause me to be available all the time. I mean, just listen to the word, presence. It means it's here, you know? (laughs) So that would mean it would be available all the time. And what would something that's present and available all the time be? Of service. Just its mere presence is of service. So in this weird way... We do all these activities, they get a hit of, of that presence through service, but what would happen if we were the presence? Then we would be of service, like, you know, basically 24-7 in a way. Even when you thought you weren't wanting to do service, somehow you'd be being used to be of service. Yeah, You're something much greater than you would be running the show blatantly. Yeah. It would be obvious that there had been a shift, out of one managerial team to another managerial team. And it's undeniable when you start sensing it. It's just an unspoken yes, you just get it. And it's, it's an absolute, really. I haven't found a new answer since this was dropped on me. I don't really see a new one coming. And I'm not looking anymore. That's the greatest answer of all. It's sort of short-circuits that seeking constantly something else. (laughs) You can actually feel and touch and taste what you seem to have around you. It's pretty nice to get engaged in your own life, finally. (laughs) I mean the one that's presented to us here, not the one that's presented up here. (laughs) No way. That's the one I wanted to get out of. I was just mistaking it for being here. Yeah, I was trying to get out of here. That was the wrong here. It was here, because <laughs> now I have no desire to get out. Wanting to be liberated, is done. There is no need to be liberated. I've been freed from the need to be liberated. That's the greatest news of all.
1: <laughs> so
0: it's worked. You know, it's working. And every, I just feel like. I have total faith in mind, but what I needed when I was looking around was an invitation, because I couldn't come up with it myself. My system couldn't come up with a a true revelation that I may not be the system. It just wasn't coughing up that information (laughs) to me. It just wasn't. I couldn't seek it in the system. So, So I had to hear it from someone else, but when I heard it, I entertained it, the possibility... And it's brought some fruit, good fruit, for the so. And the entertaining is really the way you have it. You don't ever get it, but you entertain it. Yeah? And it's always going on, so there's like a constant entertaining. But it's not like any work. It's <coughs> the sense you've got the antenna, you can pick it up. You can pick up the sense of nothing in the presence. And it's everywhere, so you're never not in its presence. So, I used to always blow me out when they'd say, when I grew up, we had Catholicism, you know, catechisms, and They'd always pound away in our little heads the three uh, absolutes of God. It was all-knowing, all-powerful, and all and everywhere, right? He's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. And it would always bump, flip me out, why aren't we bumping into it? You know what I, mean? I mean, Jesus, I run into a third cousin more than I ever run into God. What the fuck's going on? If it's ever present, everywhere, all powerful all knowing. What's up? <laughs> what could what could be unnoticed? Yeah, what could be unnoticed? Yeah, that's always there. There would have to be an act of this little sentient little machine to play god to eclipse god yeah. to become the god by forgetting the presence of god and getting filled up with our fucking presence and that's one of the first things that what to me it's like the biggest unspoken step of aa which is to quit playing god it says it right before we get to the main concept of recovery which is surrender to the you know turn your will and your life over it says first Quit playing God, then next we do that. So it, I find it's really valuable to start seeing what it looks like to play God, because that's what my conditional mind is doing. It's playing God. When I wake up in the morning and it tells me how the day's going to be, that's playing God. When it tells me how I was, how I am, and how I'm going to be, playing God. When it tells me how you were, how you are, how you're going to be, playing God. When it tells me how the world was, how it is, and how it's going to be, playing God. Yeah? (laughs) I mean, how are we going to run into God if we're busy playing it? For us to play God, God would have to be totally forgotten. Or we wouldn't get away with it for a second, would we? If some little dog's playing the big dog, it has to make sure the big dog isn't seen. (laughs) It's got to make sure the big dog's out in the neighborhood for it to act like the big dog. Because when the big dog came, it would be obvious, hey, little dog, take your show on the road. Yeah. So in this case, this little god has to make sure the big god is never met so that it can be appearing to be the big god. That's what happens. When the presence comes... It's inherently a reverberation of your true absence. Like like St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. So me, present as Paul, will never sense the presence of God. It's when I'm absent, that's the presence. When I forget myself, then I realize I remember, or I sense the presence that's always been so. As soon as I remember that, the selfie will try to claim it and make it not so again. And then we'll make it, it was once so, and I really want it to be so again, but it's not so now. That's what it does. It claims a spiritual experience and it neuters the whole event. The whole event was recognizing your own nature and now it's an experience of your false nature. I had this incredible spiritual experience this week. No, you didn't. You had fucking nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. That's what you are. That very infrequent event that you hope may happen, not now, but later, some lovely date. That's what so. It's available at all times, with no requirement necessary. I would take something that's always available and steady, more than an incredible peak experience, any day. Any day. I want the, the thing that's stabilized and's always so. Even if it's like dog shit awareness, it's much better than really getting high because you're going to have to have the opposite. You're going to get really bummed out when you feel like you can't get high like that again. Yeah? But this is just like a basic dog shit awareness. You're aware of what's so. You're seeing blue is blue and red is red. There's not much fucking distortion. You have an immunity to what's not happening because it's not happening. (laughs) I mean, it's not a giant philosophical trick. It's just obvious. You have the ability to accept because acceptance is not wanting to change anything that's already here. I mean, how easy is that? Extremely easy. It's not easy with the head trying it because it always wants something that's not here to be here and something that's here not to be here. But it's the easiest thing in the world to live in acceptance. It's the easiest thing in the fucking world. I don't want one share that's here not to be here. I don't want one person that's not here to be here. I don't want it to be any different time. I don't want it to look any different whatsoever. And to me, it's beautiful that way. Yeah. And there's no effort whatsoever to be in acceptance. But you can't do it as a self, can you? No fucking way. Everything in self is toleration because it's got time. Yeah. So you may act like you're accepting, but there's a price tag. I'm going to be very accepting until I get what I want. And if it's not delivered, man, all hell's going to fucking break loose. So <laughs> I'm going to really be nice to this lady until she sufficiently changes to suit my wants. And if she doesn't, fuck you. Where <laughs> was the acceptance? It was a fucking layaway plan, you were know? it was all (laughs) self-willing I'm really accepting just as you are but with this huge hope you're going to be totally different after a few months with me (laughs) you are going to be an urban renewal project you may not know it yet but uh... (laughs) (laughs) it's so full of shit <laughs> you, can't, you can't trust it as far as you can throw it. Really. It'll say "fucking anything in any situation. <laughs> you can't establish any anything on its premise, yes? Because it's two-faced. It's duality, it's yes, no, high, low. You can be totally convinced five minutes later, you forgot that convincing like that. Yeah. A miracle happens in the morning, by the afternoon, you forgot it. But a resentment that never happened, you've been thinking about for 30 years. (laughs) You gotta check it out. See, you really want this to be you. (laughs) I don't even mean being the navigator of your life and the guide, but actually you? (laughs) You're you're actually the travel agent, the tour guide, and the one on the tour. They're all fucked. You can't travel the fire the travel agent, you're identified as it. You're seeing it from the from the tourist point of view, but you're still that. You can't fire the guide because you're the guide also, seeing it from the travel agent point of view. You can't get out of self <laughs> I'm gonna fire myself. Who are you gonna sign up? So <coughs> it it's gonna be new and approved. Oh, great. Come on in, so. You've done such a great job. It's like, you ever see 2001, Hal, the computer? It's a supercomputer that never made a mistake. Great movie, Stan, Hal, Stanley Kubrick. So Hal uh, fucks up this mission really bad because it, it flips out and starts making mistakes. And it's really, really... It's But then one of the guys gets back on the ship without Hal knowing it. And then it changes its tune. Oh, Hal's going to be really good from now on. Hell yes, I'm very enthusiastic about the mission. It's just killed all these people. <laughs> but it turns its tune immediately when it sees, oh, it's in. This, this human can just turn me off. <laughs> oh, isn't it isn't like that. Shit. The same voice that was talking about you as you when you were using drugs is the same fucking voice talking about your recovery. Exact fucking same thing. It wears all different uniforms, but it's the same, same yeah it's waiting for any minute to fuck with you in a sense, isn't it I don't know there's a solution. Whatever level you're on, if your house is on fine on fire, find some pails of water yeah If your life is if right now you're not broke and you're not up against with felony charges, you know you have a place to go sleep tonight you're somewhat comfortable for the next day or two, you can let your mind entertain these possibilities. Yeah? Don't mix the two levels. Don't start using a f- philosophical idea to put a house on out that's on fire. It doesn't work. You can't say there is no house and there's no fire when you feel like your arm's burning. Just get some fucking help, you know? Take some action. But it, when the mind gets chilled out enough, let it free-range, let it roam entertain some possibilities. Maybe I'm not that. Yeah. Maybe it's able to receive the message that, hey, I am not that. Yeah. Or maybe you can really let go and rely on something that can't be seen or heard or felt. Yeah. Can't even be talked about, but you just know it. Yeah. You just know it. You just know it beyond knowing. And then you go with it and it verifies itself through your life. You just keep seeing it. Like when I first got sober, I remember I would wake up and realize, hey, I have no money, and, uh, what's, you know, I'd be broke. But I had been broke basically for a little while, but it dawn on me, yeah? And then I, I was in the program and I turned, surrendered my, all my life, and I kept doing what I was doing, and everything would always work out, yeah? And this happened, and big issues like that happened a few times the first few years. And I didn't gauge my progress that they worked out, because they always did. I gained my progress about how little worrying did I do to the point where I realized I was fucked, yeah? And then when it got unfucked. How much did I worry? And every year, every few months, it was less and less and less. In other words, I was starting to get established in that condition, in that position of reliance on something greater than my little voice box. Yeah? And the proof was in the pudding. I wasn't going back to it and stirring it up to have it generate tons of solutions about the problem. I realized that's the fucking problem. Every one of the solutions is part and parcel of the problem. And I actually realized that. And so, you know, they presented me with the idea that I had AIDS. And I had, it was very, very... Uh, I was a, a big candidate for it. I was using lots of needles and stuff like that. And at that point, you had to wait three weeks to get the, re, you know, the results... Those three weeks I lived pretty damn cool every fucking day until I heard I didn't have it. Yeah. A lot of things like happened that the first few years. I had two felony charges, two warrants for my arrest in Alameda. As first inventory I did, I told the guy, I'm not fucking dealing with this. I don't want to go to jail. And he said, All right, all right. I put it on the back you know, on the back burner. After a year and a half more recovery, I was willing to deal with them. What happened? The warrants didn't change. They probably got worse really because I hadn't you know, address them. But my mind had changed. I now could walk through that because I had left the reliance on my fucking projections about what it was going to be like, and I just found out. And you know what? It, nothing happened. I paid a fine and I didn't go to jail. This happened over and over and over again. When is it when is it enough? When are you convinced? Yeah. When do you get to a point where you now believe with certainty? Let's move on and flourish now in that possibility. Instead of constantly hunkering down and constantly going back to the reliance on a failed system. I've got to go home and think about it. That's the worst fucking thing you can do. Put it to the test. See? For me, this thing has delivered the goods. And it would just be arrogance to deny that. Yeah? It would be like premeditated arrogance. Something else has a total different agenda. It's not it's it's not willing to be convinced. It has it wants to be right about how it thinks it's fucked and you're fucked and everything like that. Life has proved it much differently to me. Much, much differently. Yeah. Am I willing to accept what's been offered to me? You better believe it, man. I love getting off of a dead horse. And getting on a live one. I swear to God, I'm tired of whipping a dead horse. It ain't going anywhere. It smells also quite a lot. <laughs> this thing you can rely on, the thinking process, first of all, will chill out a lot. You won't have as many thoughts coming up. Because that fire alarm that goes off all the time when you think, oh, what's going to happen? That message never gets to the fire department. So the tr- trucks don't come back. You ever, you ever see, most of the time when they had the sirens on, it was like a cat was up a tree. Nothing happened. But they make this uh, big noise and everything, but there was nobody. They just called up, oh, I got my finger stuck in the door. Big fire trucks come right in It's way inappropriate. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this now, that doesn't get to the headquarters. It's cut off. You're not relying on that system anymore. Yeah. You have this immunity. Hey, it's not happening, actually. (laughs) Hey, Ed, let me tell you about what's driving me crazy. And if Ted was just there, I mean, Ed, he would just say, Hey, Paul, I can't see it. I can't feel it. And I'm right next to you, Paul. I can't see it. Where is it? Well, obviously, it's not fucking happening. (laughs) What more do you need? What more do you need to do when you recognize something's not happening? What's the appropriate reaction? Nothing. Let's first sit in it. Hey, this is not happening. All right, all right. Now it's going to happen in time. Yeah, but uh, this is what's happening. I'm going to use this time to take the best steps I can I can take to make sure that may not happen. I don't need to think about it. Yeah? I need to take action. All right. Now when I get home, I realize I've done everything I can do. You just, it's put down. And then you see what happens. You let go of the results and you show up. Where's all the need for thought? There's not much need for thought. There's need for recognition, surrender. Yeah? And when the habit to go into the thought system, to rely on it, arises, see it, yeah? And in that, it may stop it and then your attention will go back to where it's been resting in the next last few years because this is reliable. It works. Yeah? There is peace of mind and you can enjoy it. Yeah? You're in good hands. That's that. Any questions? No.